0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, the corn shark, shark wrangler.
1: No. Tammy,
0: the corn shark molester, Underwood.
1: That was wrong on every level, and I'm not going near a cornfield, so bite my ass. You need
0: to be a little bit closer to your mic.
1: I'm in my microphone. Okay. So maybe you need to turn me up, because I'm talking right into it. You're whispering. No. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. This is a whisper.
0: That's creepy. I heard that in my dreams. I'm watching you sleep, and then I pooped. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So... Today we actually have something kind of special,
1: kind of different.
0: Very well, different. Not,
1: this isn't different, but we're going about it in a different way.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's correct. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with the uh, Sunset Strip killers, yep, uh, it was murders that happened down in uh, in in California, down in L.A. on the Sunset Strip, and uh, there, there there was two
1: 1980.
0: in nineteen eighty, and two there was two murders, allegedly, allegedly. We've been talking with one of them, who's Doug Clark. Yep. And we're going to cover that case, and then we're going to release some conversations that we have, because we got a couple hundred hours of fucking stuff. Dude,
1: I have you. recorded so many conversations. I didn't even include the ones I haven't recorded.
0: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> but, no, yeah, the two people accused of committing the murders were Doug Clark and Carol Bundy. Um,
0: Not to be confused with Al Bundy from Mary with Children. No.
1: And not to be confused with... Ted. No, the yeah, I was going to say, I, I think her name was Carol Bundy, too, that married Ted. I think uh, it was maybe, Carol yeah. or something Bundy. What? Okay. I just caught a whiff of something that smelled like dog poop.
0: I get that every once in a while.
1: Okay, it's not just me then? No. It was just all of a sudden us. hit me. No, it all of a sudden hit me, and then it went away, so... Yeah, sorry. Anyways. All right, let's get on
0: with the case. Go for it.
1: Yeah, no, I was just struck. But yeah, so what what we're basically going to do for this first episode, we're going to tell you what the media and the police are saying. Okay?
0: Okie dokie artichoke.
1: I know you knew, but I wanted to get that across to our I'm chewing
0: on bacon right now. Wow. I'm starving.
1: (laughs) No, you're not. You're just hungry.
0: I'm going to dive of emaciation.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyways, apparently, according to the news media and the police, Ted, uh, te- <laughs> te- I did it myself. Carol Bundy and Doug Clark were depraved sex killers. They were, yeah, they were on the like the depraved end of fetish killers. In fact, I see that, you know, I I read this opening that somebody else wrote, I'm going to quote it to you because it was kind of ironic to me. It said, they, Doug Clark may not be as famous as Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, or Richard Ramirez, but his crimes as one half of the infamous Sunset Killers were just as gruesome as any other. However... If you see the crime scene photos and read some of the reports, they probably were on par with Bonin and Kraft. Correct. I mean, you've seen them. Mm-hmm. They're disgusting. So, um, after they murdered a 20 year old prostitute, they say that Doug decapitated her wrapped her head in a t-shirt, a pink t-shirt that read Daddy's Girl, and put it in a decorative pine box and dropped it in an alley in Studio City after he used it, (laughs) this is the part that grosses me out, to fillet himself, which means he used her decapitated head to give, use the mouth to perform a blowjob. Okay.
0: Everybody doesn't do that?
1: Well, I haven't. Yet. I hope I never do. (laughs) So, in 1980, Doug Clark started a sadistic killing spree that involved six prostitutes and runaway teenagers in the L.A. area. He would pick them up as they were walking along Sunset Strip and told them that... You know, he would give them work only to shoot them. And in some instances, he would use their bodies to sati- their deceased bodies to satis- grat- sexually gratify himself for sexual gratification. But he was not alone. He had the help of his girlfriend, Carol Bundy, who joined in on his deprived games and they brutalized. These innocent women until they're, until they're um, until they were arrested, basically. I, I can't think straight. I'm so tired. Now, let's find out who Doug Clark is, okay? Doug Clark, Douglas Daniel Clark, had what some would call a comfortable childhood as a military brat. He was born in Franklin, uh, he was born to Franklin Clark in 1948, uh, and Franklin is a naval intelligence officer. And his family often moved all over the world. And I mean, he tells tales of when he lived in India, the Marshall Islands, Switzerland. He went to a very good military academy in both Switzerland and here in the U.S. Um, so it was it was not, shall we say, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But like depraved, not deprived, deprived. You know, he... He didn't leave. He didn't live a poverty-stricken life. Um, he had, he did try to become a military man himself. It said, and he attended Culver Military Academy, which is a prestigious school in Indiana. But his disciplined military upbringing didn't prevent him from engaging in what they said was troubling behavior, even as a teenager. Um, according to some reports, he reportedly videotaped himself having sex with girls at school without them knowing about it. Then when he graduated in nineteen sixty seven, he followed his he joined the Air Force, just like, you know, his father was before him. because um, his father was in the Air Force first and then in the Navy, from my understanding. Um, and in 1979 he had been discharged from the Air Force and found work at a soap factory in Burbank. Now he spent his time, it says he spent his time off prowling bar, you know, doing a bar crawl, looking for lonely older women, so he could seduce them out of their money.
0: Mm, see, I do the same thing. I look for lonely older women, but to molest them, to seduce to them, them, out them out of their, their pants. panties.
1: Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going there.
0: By the way, thank you for leaving your mom's panties I here. I didn't, and I won't. Mm. And
1: you can just stop right there.
0: What they were? They're, they're, they're fantastic. Um, I cuddle with him. Oh my God, I'm
1: going to throw up. I'm already nauseous. Don't make me throw up on this microphone. It it was about Christmas in 1979 when he went into a bar in North Hollywood. And in that bar, he came across Carol Bundy. She was a 37-year-old nurse who was sitting alone, it says, drinking. And she was kind of awkward. And she believed no he believed that she was just going to be easy prey and they actually moved in together shortly after that he was um according to one author who wrote the book the sunset murders she said um louise far said he was very good at murmuring in women's ears in country bars and getting them to sleep with him and give him a place to stay he was essentially a leech now however Doug's and Carol's relationship would go further than probably either one of them expected. From the beginning, it was clear that Doug and Carol shared more than just, you know, a love with each other or a passion, I guess, a sexual attraction. They also had disturbing desires. They after they started moved in with each other into Bundy's apartment into Carol's apartment, they had sex and molested one of her 11-year-old neighbors and actually took photographs of that abuse. Now, Carol said that Doug told her about, started telling her about his fantasies of killing people, that, you know, he just wanted to kill people. Now, to this day, though, it's unclear which one seduced the other to start their murderous rampage. But it is highly believed that Doug had the homicidal impulses that led him to kill on his own first, and then he convinced Carol to join him after that. Now, Doug already, because, you know, he's already a predator, a leech, just milking these women for all they have, he began, you know, cruising up and down Sunset ship, which is notorious at that time for being the seedy part of town
0: it still is is it i i've never been
1: there so i don't know anyways um and so it was a you know the prime location for him to find a prostitute right or a runaway now according to la magazine doug killed three teenagers on his own marnett Comer, a prostitute and stepsister runaways Cynthia Chandler and Gina Morano. I gotta, I, you know, hold on.
0: I've wanted to kill some teenagers myself. Uh, not, not, not for anything sexual, just because they're assholes.
1: I know, right? It kind of
0: runs. I, sometimes I see a bunch of teenagers, and I'm like, ah, somebody should murder all you motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. So according to this article in LA Magazine, Doug committed these three murders without the help of Carol. But then, one night, apparently, they were having sex, and he just said, guess what I did, honey? And she was like, ooh, you know what? I want to help, I guess. I don't know. Because instead of her calling the police, she joined him. Um, That's kind of hot. Yeah. No, No, I agree. That's like a dedication beyond anything else. Yeah. We talked about that with um, Hunley and um, Ian. Yeah.
0: If you can get to that level of comfort where... You know, where your old lady is like, um, anything you want to try. Hey, I want to have a like a, a, a whole log of wood in my butt. And she's like, yeah, no problem, man. I just, I, is that it? Like, that's nothing. We're going to be boning for a long time. You're like, over. You're like fuck yeah, man. This chick's pretty rad.
1: <laughs> now, apparently, they're f- the first victim they killed together was another prostitute that they both picked up on Sunset Strip. Now, Carol, who was said she was sitting in the backseat with her gun and she and she guessed that the person was that she was supposed to shoot the woman, but she didn't have the nerve to do it. So she said that she gave the gun to Doug and, and who shot the woman in the head. Now, according to Carol, she undressed the woman's deceased body while Doug drove them to a gravel road off of Hollywood Freeway where they just disposed of it. You know,
0: it kind of reminds me of that Aerosmith song. Which one? Janie's got a gun, except this time here it's... Carol's got, got a, a gun. gun. Everybody run. What yeah. has her daddy done? That is actually... I uh, Researching their case
1: it, and reading yeah, it. true.
0: It makes me really wonder what daddy did to Carol to uh, well, fuck her up From that my much.
1: understanding, he tried... Attempted suicide once, and she found him, and he recovered, and then he committed suicide, you know, had a successful attempt the second time, and she found him. So well,
0: beyond that, I'm wondering if Daddy maybe did a little touchy-touchy.
1: I'm thinking he might have. Th- I'm just, you know, I'm— Well, and there's a reason. There's a reason. No, I agree because with you.
0: everybody's got kinks, okay? Like mm-hmm. we were talking about the show last night that I've got a bondage kink. I've got my little bondage kit and everything like that. But it's consensual. Um, That's
1: not what she said.
0: Hey, look. (laughs) She couldn't say anything because she was deaf and mute and 13.
1: And had a ball gag.
0: And had a (laughs) ball gag, too. So all she could say was... ah, ah,
1: Okay, that's disgusting. Anywho.
0: (laughs) Anywho, um, When you get to a level of depravity, like... Okay, I understand why... Because talking to Doug, she slept around a lot. I understand why that happens because of the low self esteem and stuff mm-hmm. like that, of, of, of acceptance. But when you will push that that kink to a level of homicide, and I've, I've I've heard I've heard the interviews with her, she's like, I would so do that again. It was awesome because of blah blah blah. That's the,
1: well, that's the yeah. next level
0: shit right there, man. Well,
1: no, I agree with you because, and it has to be known that Carol is no relation to Ted, none. Um, but it says that once she got with him, with Doug, uh, he, they were fine. He was finally able to live out his deranged fantasies of murdering some people with a partner. Now, according to this author that I mentioned earlier, Carol was terribly abused by her father as a child. It doesn't say how, because of that, she became very subservient. And she would do anything to please her man and she lost any boundaries. So it wasn't like she was um that dedicated to him. She just didn't want to lose him, according to this author. That's why she did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So it almost made her an unwilling accomplice, but an accomplice nonetheless. Yeah, no
0: totes. Total So, and goats.
1: Although Doug easily murdered a hand did a you know some murders on his own. Carol quickly played her own disturbing role. When she found the head of Exie Wilson, a prostitute Doug had killed and used to satisfy his necrophiliac desires the evening before, she actually put makeup on it before stashing it in their freezer, but their their murderous spree was already starting to unravel. Now, X.C. E. Willison's torso was found near a dumpster in the valley in mid-June of 1980. A couple days before that, the authorities also recovered the bodies of uh, the stepsisters near the Ventura Freeway. Now, a little later, the body of another prostitute by the name of Karen Jones was found behind a steakhouse in, in Burbank, California, on June 30th. Now, then there were the mummified bodies of Marnet Co- the mummified body of Mar- Marnett Comer was found off the Golden State Freeway near Silmar, California. I don't know where that's at. So as the bodies from Doug's you know, murder spree started to pile up, um, they got the name, the moniker, the Sunset Strip Killers in the media. According to this author... He wanted attention. When he was in county jail, there were a lot of serial killers inside the Hillside Strangler, for one. And Doug was miffed because he wasn't getting as much attention as the others. Now, um, Doug, Doug's reign of terror came to an end in August of 1980 when Carol confessed to some of her co-workers at the hospital about killing her boyf- her ex-boyfriend. Robert Murray. Which by the way. She not only murdered him. She decapitated him. And like left him sprawled in the back of his van. Wearing women's frilly underwear. And she basically tried to make it look like a homosexual homicide. Now she told. Mur- according to her. She told Robert. Actually, I think his name is Jack. And I don't know why they're his calling him. His name is Jack. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know why some of the reports I had called him Robert um, told Jack that in because she was like she didn't know what to do anymore, um, that what uh what they had been you know, that they had killed these women. And so she then became nervous that he was going to turn her in. So she lured him out to her car where she shot and stabbed him to death. Then she decapitated him. And then it said that he brought, she brought the head back home to show Doug. Not long after Carol gave that confession to Jack, uh, Doug and her were arrested by the authorities. Now, Doug wound up being charged with six counts of murder and was convicted in 1983. He, to this day, maintains his innocence, saying that Carol and Jack were the real killers and that he had been framed. Nonetheless, he's been imprisoned and on on death row in San Quentin since 1983. Now, according to Doug, he says, I don't think I'll ever live long enough to get out of here, but you get by. I've always been a very Zen person. Now, Carol confessed her crimes, but like I said, she told the authorities that she was a reluctant, unwilling partner, and she got a plea bargain, um, and she ended up dying. This is why I'm so mad that she had the nerve to die before we could talk to her. She was 61 years old when she died in, 19, in 2003 from heart failure.
0: Which is a bummer, because in a few more years, and with her kinks, she could have been my 69.
1: In 2003, yeah, she would have, in 2009, she, or no, 2011, she would have been 69.
0: Mm, right. Even better. Tastes great, less friendly. And all the
1: psycho. Um. So, anyways. Oh, just gotta ignore that joke. No, Fine. no, I, I got a text from somebody at the same time, and I just, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Um. Was it like a, a dick text or something? no. It wasn't. It just, I told you, I'm very tired, and I got sidetracked easily. But anyways, so, um, but let's talk about this for a minute. Okay? How can a woman who is a reluctant partner carry off such a heinous murder herself, by herself, when she killed her ex-boyfriend, Jack? You understand what I'm saying?
0: No, what was the question again? I'm sorry.
1: Oh, did you get sidetracked? I did. Anyways, how can a person who's a quote-unquote reluctant partner in these murders that basically he did it, she was just along for the ride and helped him remove clothing and put makeup on the decapitated head and all that crap, right?
0: Well, Everything she says is bullshit, and let me well, tell you why. Well,
1: no, this is what I'm saying. So let me get back to my original question. How then she, could she carry off such a elaborate, um, an elaborate heinous murder herself by herself? Of her ex-boyfriend. You understand what I mean? Okay.
0: I, I can tell you. And actually, I got an explanation how she killed Jack Ruby.
1: Jack Murray. Murray. Jack Ruby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jack Ruby killed JFK's killer. That was it. Well, I'm, alleged killer. I'm
0: still sore and tired from the show last night. I mean, my everything hurts. My hair hurts. Yeah. Like the hair on my butthole.
1: Okay. I'm just
0: kidding. Anyway, that how she killed me. Jack Murray. Um, because I did some research, because uh one thing that was brought to my attention from uh from Doug is that Jack Murray had a six point five millimeter handgun. Right. And uh Carol had bought two 25 caliber handguns. Right. So let's do some talk about firearms because I had never heard of a six point five millimeter. Right, right. And I know my guns well. Six point five is actually made; it's an Australian firearm, and it was created in Australia. And he's from Australia. And here's the difference: so you can shoot a uh, a thirty eight caliber in a three fifty seven. Okay, because it's the same cartridge, except a thirty eight is neck down, so it's a little shorter, right? So it'll fit in it, but you can't shoot a three fifty seven in a thirty eight because the cartridge is too long, right? Um, six point five millimeter to a twenty five is the same thing, right? So you can shoot that six point five. So when they said so, that, that what what that means is that the the bullet and it's uh uh it, it's trail is going to be the same but more power than a 25 the hole's going to be the same size right the difference being is like with a 25 because it is a it's a smaller cartridge it's going to be it's going to act like a 22 you're not going to get any through and through you're not going to pierce the cranium um it's not going to have an exit wound unless it comes out of soft tissue like an eyeball with a, with a 6.5 though there's enough powder behind it to where you're going to get a through and through. And that's what happened to Jack. There was a through and through. Okay. So if he had his six point five millimeter in that van with him, which mm-hmm. he, he he carried with him, and she got that, she could have popped him, get the through and through. Okay, so you have an exit wound, unlike a twenty-five. Right. And yet they're gonna turn around and say, Oh, look at the the uh the um, the path and uh, you know the group that cut in this dude's brain is is the same as a 25 because the bullet is the right. bullet is a 25 caliber bullet it's just a 25 caliber on steroids so it's going to match up so it's easy to say oh it's obvious that it was done with one of her 25s because I was confused on how that could happen myself because I'm like 25 is not going to pierce a goddamn thing right not a lot of powder charge on that, but a 6.5 will.
1: This is true. This is true. So, but that didn't really answer my question. <laughs> my question was, is if she's such a reluctant partner, how could she have carried off such a heinous crime herself? She couldn't yet. That's the whole that's thing. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's Your what I was trying Your reluctant partner, say. Yeah. reluctant
0: partners tend not to dress up. Decapitated corpses. Right, and they don't
1: tend to go out and murder somebody themselves. Right. Yeah, they're the subservient one. They're not the they're, they'll they're the beta in the alpha beta group. There <laughs> was know? actually
0: a grocery store in California called Alpha Beta.
1: Was there? Yep. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, and they always say that in any killing group, you always have an alpha, and then you have the followers, right? Correct. You, you can't have two alphas. They, they don't work together. And you can't have two followers because then nothing will happen.
0: Um, Unless you're Lucas and Tool, then it's, just, it's then, a whole fucked up thing. Then that's a shit
1: show that nobody wants to get into again today. Um, it's not
0: a shit show. It was a great love story founded <laughs> in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. <laughs> I saw him at a soup kitchen looking toothless and sad. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you that journey song plays out in my head every time I hear it. Don't stop believing. That. Yeah. That. Oh yeah. In the lonely world.
0: Just a small town boy. Gonna murder all the boys. I saw him in a soup kitchen and in I got Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. He had a really low IQ, but damn, he looked awful cute. Oh my God, you're killing me! With his wandering eye, it rolled on, his and, weepy on, eye. And, on <laughs> and on and
1: on and <laughs> on.
0: I can write a whole parody about that just for them,
1: dude. I am telling you, I am telling you, don't, please, don't, because I, I want to breathe today. Um but no so that's what I was getting at. So I mean because I want to discuss, you know, with going with the what the media and everything saying is I am still I'm already seeing discrepancies in their claims. You know, and we haven't even gotten into the meat of it that we're going to get into in later episodes with the recordings from Doug. You know, because I mean I I will say this that Carol was practically legally blind. And retarded. Um, Yeah, she had a very low IQ, too. Um, But she was practically legally blind until she got with Jack Murray. And then Jack paid for her to have eye surgery, which gave her a little bit of confidence, I guess. And she became a nurse at the hospital. But check this out. She would actually go up to the African-American women that worked with her and ask them for pubes because her boyfriend wanted them. You know, I'm doing air quotes because we well, do guys. that.
0: She did it with the guys, too. That's why on some oh, of the yeah. bodies they found African-American pubic hair.
1: Yes, they did.
0: But here's the thing. And I got this from Doug. Uh, maybe it was on a recording with you, too, or when we both talked to him. I can't remember when, when we heard it from him, but we got it recorded that according to Carol. She when she popped Jack, she was eating his ass. Now, before I even go anywhere. Yeah, that's I, yeah.
1: Doug told us that. Yeah.
0: I'm not opposed to eating ass, okay? Matter of fact, no, at times, yeah. I can be a fan of that both ways, okay? Right. People are learning way more about my kinks now. Way more than y'all wanted to know. But
1: I'm learning way more than I want to
0: know. What happens when a person dies? Well, you lose control of your bowels yeah. and your Yeah, urine. why
1: would you shoot? Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I said. It's like, that's one brave bitch... Frickin' eating ass and shooting somebody in the head. Yeah, that's a good way to get pink eye and freckles. That's okay? a good that's way not to good. choke and die. No Ken, How'd she die I on was fecal so, matter? I was literally grossed out when I heard that.
0: No Ken, I'm like, ew, but, yeah, nasty. I was so disgusted. And the thing is, like, I keep on thinking about them banging in that van. You know neither one of them had like... If you're eating ass, I want that freshly out of the shower. like Right. But you know... And she had gotten
1: his- him fresh out of the bar, so...
0: Yeah, so you know that ass had to be ripe.
1: Well, and not just that, it's... She... she but there's a reason why she did that. She literally wanted her saliva on his... On his know, anus. Yeah, because this is before DNA. So that it would look like a homosexual murder. You know, decapitating him, leaving him in women's underwear, in a very sexually explicit pose... You know, but and then she just left his body in his van right there on the side of the road thinking he would be found quickly. Well, no, his body wasn't found till like 14 days later in the hot California sun. So he was like an easy bake oven, Jack Murray. It was disgusting. (laughs) Those pictures are enough to traumatize somebody for life.
0: He puffs when you cook him.
1: Dude, it was gross.
0: (laughs) It's disgusting. But
1: yeah, and I know that's that was (coughs) me. I shouldn't make I mean, but yeah, it was just gross. New from
0: Hot Pockets. <laughs>
1: Dude.
0: Jack Murray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was just like, you know what I mean? it's like, and you can't tell me that people walking by that van didn't smell it. I'm just like, you know it's not an airtight van. He wasn't in any kind of container. It was just, oh, how can you not smell it? I mean... Hmm, I go smells. on the record all the time saying, and this is a question I had for Keith when we were talking to Keith. It's like, how could you ride around with her body like that and not, smell, got, you know, deal with the smell? That would that's, permeate your truck. That's my thing. I mean, I we've we talked gross. about this before.
0: I've got very sensitive olfactory senses.
1: Oh, but there's nothing. I can't Im-
0: yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. Because it's not just the fecal matter and the urine. It's that distinctive smell. Of a corpse, yes. That happens when somebody passes
1: away. Yes, it's
0: right yes. around with your truck with that, and uh, and you know, we were visiting Keith this weekend here.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you were, I wasn't. Yeah, I got your,
0: accused of it, but I didn't do it because you fucking you couldn't get you can't get on this list. So you know what I say to that? Negative female inmate and Underwood bunk in.
1: Well, no, I got accused of it. I got accused of being a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, and I wasn't.
0: Todd said so, and I'll clear that up with him. No, she didn't go see another serial killer.
1: Yeah, no. Nobody else is offering me chili ramen.
0: (laughs) Just saying. True that.
1: Just saying. No, but, you know, like I said, I'm already seeing discrepancies in the case. And um, there are some more things that we're going to point out about uh, Carol and her... um, frame of mind during that time, I guess is what the best way to put it. Right. That um go way deeper than what anybody could ever imagine. Ever imagine.
0: So can I talk about the head for a minute? Which one? The one that was frozen that Doug allegedly fucked. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna release a little bit of the secrets that we talked about is that and I, I wanna pull the public record on it, but the, the the seminal fluid that was found in the decapitated head was from a, uh, a non secreter type A type A, which means that that person had a vasectomy. Yeah. Which Jack Murray
1: had a, had a
0: vasectomy to this day. Doug Clark has not had a vasectomy, and he doesn't need one. He's surrounded well, by yeah. guys. I'm pretty well, sure he's not, not knocking up that, anybody. He's
1: like 70 some odd years old. I'm pretty sure his swimmers ain't working now, anyhow. Now
0: i got to ask him, with the heart surgery or anything, like, can you yeah. still get a heart on, buddy? Like, Well, like, it
1: doesn't mean he can't get a heart on. It just means his swimmers ain't working.
0: No. Well, there you go. Um, so there, there's that. I, okay, so when we went on into this with Doug, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, you're Yeah, because that Sarah was the killer, first killer, question kind, I asked him. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, ah, he's probably going to be full of shit. Mm-hmm. But everything he says kind of adds up to more police misconduct. Yes. Bad investigation and a Bad. little bit of corruption going on. Yeah. And unfortunately, Dougie got the, and it'll, the raw. Yeah. Industry.
1: And the whole police corruption and everything will tie into some other cases we're working, current cases we're working on. You know, this is why we wanted to release this episode now.
0: Right. Right. So, right. So. Um, and I'm not saying that Doug didn't kill anybody. Okay. No, I don't I'm think not this saying was, that either. But I'm saying that maybe some of the things that. The cops said or accused him of, or
1: Carol said. Or
0: spe- Carol is the kind of person that will try to convince you that she's walking a real life Loch Ness monster on a leash, and that the Loch Ness monster robbed a store because right. she she was a f- I shouldn't speak it all the dead, but. No, She's not? a fucking lunatic.
1: Well, I will say this. I watched an episode of World's Most Evil Killers, and it featured their story. And I actually heard some of the interrogation tapes. Yeah. Not only did she li- literally ask the interrogating officer if he wanted a blowjob, she did say to him, he said something about, well, how do you feel or something like that and she goes you want the truth
0: i remember that part yeah
1: and then all of a sudden like literally she goes you want the truth and then her voice changed to like childlike and she goes it was fun i'll do it i would do it again Uh uh-huh and i'm like that is exactly what charles manson said in his interviews with the authorities and every and even news media saying hey if If you had it, you know, what would you do differently? He goes, I would do it all over again. So it's just, yeah. And then when they arrested her and everything and started questioning her, she literally threw out Son of Sam's quote, what took you so long? So that gives you an idea of her psychosis right there.
0: Right, right, right. And plus... Everything that Doug said is lining up. Like I said, I'm not saying he's innocent. Okay? I'm not
1: saying he's innocent either, but, but, yeah.
0: a lot of what she did mimicked other serial killers mm-hmm. like Ted like Bundy. Like a
1: copycat, yeah. Yeah, like Ted
0: Bundy and mm-hmm. Son of Sam and uh, um, and others. It m- kind of followed along those same lines mm-hmm. like she was trying to recreate
1: and some, several other yeah, serial killers. some of the locations where the bodies were dumped like were, like, one of them was an on ramp on one side of the freeway and then she dumped the bodies on the off ramp on the other side of the freeway. Yeah. So it's like there were very uh, similar correlations with other murders happening around that time, like the hillside stranglers and all that. But, um, yeah, there is there is that whole thing right there. And it just, you know, it just really kind of like gives you an idea of her psychosis. And the type of person she was, because I don't believe she was a a reluctant partner, nor do I believe she wasn't the mastermind.
0: She got off on the killing. And I I can. Because they said a woman can do that. Well, let me break it down in in, in psychology terms, okay? Mm -hmm. Or at least using psychology. Number one, you have somebody who has an extremely low self-esteem. So with that and having an abused past, Mm -hmm. she wants some control. Yes. Okay, and she wants to feel good about herself. What is more controlling than being able to take someone's life and or fuck them when they're dead?
1: Exactly. Exactly. See, and I know that because, remember, I I I was the first one to talk to Doug because he, call, he called me because it was right around the time San Quentin got their tablets. And I was on one of the inmates... Lists already because we had a friend down there, you know, prior to this. And so suddenly I got an email saying, Doug Clark wants to message you. I'm like, what? Why? What? You know, because he wasn't even on our radar, remember? Right, right, right. You know? And so it's like, okay. So I filled it out, put him on my list too. And then next thing I know, he's calling me. And it's like he was talking to me and he was trying to say that, you know, He wasn't as guilty. He goes, I'm not guilty of what they're accusing me of. I'm like, okay. And he started going, you know, and I hear it all the time. We hear it a lot from people, right? And everything. But there's one thing you and I both tell them. Don't bullshit us and we won't bullshit you. Right? So he was saying all the, and he was kind of talking around in circles. So finally I said, okay, stop right there. Did you or did you not have sex with that woman's head after it was in the freezer? He goes, Tammy, I'll tell you this right now. The semen found in that woman's decapitated head was a secretor um, type A. I am a non-secretor type O. And I'm like, oh.
0: As in I give you the big O, baby.
1: I said, okay. He goes, seriously. He goes, and they have never done DNA on it to this day.
0: Correct, correct.
1: So, yeah. So I was like. Okay, that kind of like, you know what? If you can point out that direct discrepancy and which is very provable by the way.
0: Correct. Then
1: yeah. maybe there is some credence to what he's saying here. So yeah, that's that's why we've engaged and talked to him and everything and you know, and don't get me wrong, we all know that serial killers and killers in general can be very charming. You know, so I'm not going to say, oh, he's too charming to be a serial killer. No, that's not what I believe at all. It's just a lot of the stuff he's telling us holds water.
0: And that's what I was going to say. A lot lot of stuff that he's bringing up is it it makes more sense than what the media outlets have said.
1: There's credibility to it, whereas these have discrepancies. Yes. So, but yeah. So that's where we're at with this one, unless you have more. I just wanted to give you a Cliffs version, version of this, because we are actually going to get into it more detail as we go through the recordings with Doug.
0: No, I got nothing. You got nothing? I got nothing. I'm sore, and I'm tired. I
1: am exhausted.
0: And uh, then we still have to take a trip, so.
1: Down to New Orleans? With yeah. a little bacon and a little beans?
0: Oh my God. Jesus fucking Christ
1: a little bit, and then we took a little beans. The a mighty New Orleans. Okay.
0: I thought it was a fart, but it cleaned my jeans.
1: <laughs> Fired our guns and the British kept coming. Oh, Jesus, guys. All right. I we love that. We want to wrap this bitch up. I was ready an hour ago.
0: Goddamn.
1: I was Re- ready before I started. <laughs>
0: Remember, boys and girls, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you happen to be getting your blogs. Log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. Interact with us. Call me a prick. I don't give a shit anymore. I have, no I have no self. I have no self esteem or self worth left because now I just became a freaking hooker, <laughs> and I just I just go play shows and make money. That's pimp all I pimp slapped
1: him last night. He didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I, all I all I do now is I go, yeah, Tammy, you don't have to pimp slap me again. We play another show. Oh, play five hours straight, and no breaks. Okay, <laughs> no problem. Just as long as you don't pimp
1: smack. And <laughs> the drummer Tony goes, "Do I get my four dollars?" I said, "I gave you a tip." He goes, "Oh, so I got five. I go, "Yeah, you got five
0: bucks." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love the guys. Oh,
0: my God. This show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying. Thieving bastards. bastards. And we'll talk to you guys later on. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.